Welcome to The Lodge's Podcast. This is a gaming and esports podcast where we host business professionals, pro esports players, streamers, and others who are working in the industry. I am your host, Juan Rodriguez. Super excited to have each and every one of you guys tuning in to listen. Uh, This is a really special episode. This is actually the first recording of Lodge's Live. And so for those of you that maybe aren't aware of what that is or are new to the podcast, last week, We did our first ever live podcast interviews, and so we did that over Instagram Live, and we're we're calling those Lodges Live, since uh, traditionally the podcast is pre-recorded. These episodes were actually done live. So with that, we were really excited to have some audience engagement, have people be able to watch these interviews as we did them live on Instagram, Um, and it was a great time. However, um, some new things that I had to learn on my side from the host. So I apologize. The, the quality of audio for this one is going to be a little bit less than what it traditionally is. Um, I had to kind of tweak and work around some things to make it as best as I can. Overall, I think it's it's still not a bad audio quality, but that's part of something new that, that we're learning over here on my end. Um, along with this episode, too, this was actually extremely cool because I had my younger brother, Jordan Rodriguez, on the show. And um, this was actually the first time we've ever done this on the podcast. He is actually not somebody who is really, I could say, tied to the gaming and esports industry. Um, He is a D1 uh, college athlete. He's played D2 basketball, D1 college football. Um, And and really, I wanted to bring him on and just share his story. He's got still a really incredible story and some things that he's gone through that I thought was really cool. So shout out to you, uh, Jordan. Appreciate you coming on, bro. Um, but I hope that you guys still enjoy this. Nonetheless, every now and then we're going to do this where I might bring somebody on who, who doesn't really fall under the gaming and esports um, category, but there's someone that's close to me or someone that I think is doing something really cool just in the world. Um, and so we'll do that from time to time. So nonetheless, still think you guys are really going to enjoy this and, and have a lot of fun listening. Before we jump into it, I do want to take the time to read a five-star rating off of Apple Podcast. So this one comes from Queen Rogue, and she says, I'm a casual supporter of esports, NBA 2K, and COD so far, and I always love to watch and listen to good content. I've listened fully to episodes 28, 30, and 32, and am impressed. I'm starting to like podcasts, and you will be my new favorite podcast to subscribe to. Thanks for uploading and appreciate the great content. Um, so shout out to Queen Rogue. Uh, I actually, I know we follow each other on Twitter and she's pretty involved in the 2K community and she's doing some really cool stuff. So go and check her out if you can on Twitter and, and see what she's up to. Again, uh, Queen Rogue, appreciate you dropping that review on Apple Podcasts. Um, with all that being said, uh, again, thank you guys for, for tuning in and, and listening to this. This is episode 40 with Jordan Rodriguez, my younger brother. I really hope you guys enjoy this. And this is Lodges Live up next. Yo. <laughs> Alright, what's up? Can you see me? Yeah, I can see you fine. I'm like, hold up, I'm trying to adjust this. Is that better? Yeah, your view's a little better than mine. My view? Your view is a little better than mine, man. Of a, of a random window behind me? Well, yeah, at least you got a skyline. <laughs> you can't see the skyline from this angle, though. You gotta turn it a little bit the other way. 
you got the old the old room behind you. The old crib, man. The old crib. For, for everyone watching, Jordan and me were roommates from like as little as I can remember. For life. For life. Yeah, we lived in what eleven houses and one house we had our own room. Bro, never we never got our own rooms, but that's all right. Actually, your bed is still in here. Your mattress. Mom got like the the king size mattresses. She put both twin beds underneath as the like the box spring. Uh huh. So technically, your bed is still in here. I just sleep on top of it. Oh my god, bro. Oh shoot, you there? Okay. I'm getting the screen recording going too, so we can keep that for later. But so what's up? You're at home chilling, right? I'm here in Alabama. In Alabama, bro. Um, all right, well, I'll kind of set the stage real quick and then I'm gonna let you kind of give your little introduction. Um, so a lot of you guys know I have the podcast, it's usually a gaming and esports podcast where we have people on, host them, talk to them, that whole sort of thing. Um, but with Jordan, we're gonna do a little different tonight. I just want to have him on and, and tell his story, so uh, a little different than usual, but it's gonna be fun. I know Jordan's pumped to be on here and I'm pumped to have him so. Um, yeah, bro, like we said, if you want to just, for anyone watching, maybe that knows me that doesn't know you, just give them like a little two minute intro of, you know, who you are and, and that whole sort of thing. All right. I am Jordan, also known as Juan's little brother for most of my life. <laughs> but uh, I'm a senior right now at the University of Tulsa out in Oklahoma. Uh, obviously, I'm not there along with every other college student in America right now. So I'm chilling here at home in Alabama. But uh, I was supposed to, well, I guess I still am, graduating in May. My graduation, unfortunately, has been postponed. Um, I've been there for two academic years, yeah, junior and senior. Uh, my degree is in exercise science. Um, I think what else? I played football. I played football there on the football team. Um, yeah, that's really my little rundown background right there. A little, a little top-down rundown, yeah. Um, all right, well, we're going to jump into it. We're going to plan to be live here for like 30, 35 minutes. So appreciate everyone that's tuning in and, and watching along with us. Um, but all right, Jordan, if you want to, like like we were kind of just talking about, if you want to kick it off, I think a good place to start with your story. You know, I think a lot of people know you grew up playing sports and, and you can mention that as you go throughout your story. But um, I guess kick it off with your... AAU summer going into junior year at Grissom. Um, you know, kick it off there. Uh, yeah, so I played with a couple different AAU teams growing up. Um, and then as I got later into high school, I was playing with uh, a local team here called the Alabama Flash, um, which was like a just a single mom and pop club. Uh, coach Gibson was my AAU coach for that. And uh, I played for them a couple years. And then going into that, that junior year, summer before, we played against a team in somewhere in Tennessee. I don't remember where, but they were called the Music City Heat. Um, and we played them in this game, and they were, I mean, they had some huge dudes. They had some freak athletes. They were really competitive. Um, and we found out, like, right before we played them, that they were actually, like, a sponsorship-type team. So they had a sponsor that, you know, they flew for free, bus for free, stayed in the hotels. Players didn't have any costs. So we're looking at, we're warming up and we're looking down at this team and these guys are just dunking everywhere and it's like, oh man, man we're in for a, a rough time. Uh, we actually competed pretty good though and, um, you know, I had one of my better games up to that point and actually like right after the game, we're 
doing high fives, you know, shaking hands, whatever. And the coach for the other team, like, points at me and, and brings my coach over. He's like, hey, I want him to come play for us. Um, and basically, we talked a little more. They're like, yeah, we want you to come out, you know. It's all expenses paid. We're going to fly you, bus you, hotels will be paid for, food will be paid for, all that stuff. Um, and my coach, you know, he, my coach was awesome. He's like, yeah, Jordan, you need to go do this, bro. Um, you're going to get a lot better opportunities and, and you know, exposure than, than playing these local tournaments. So I talked to, you know, mom and dad, and we're like, all right, let's go do this. So we went to Chicago. We went to Indianapolis, and we went to Vegas. Um, and I think we went to just, you know, a bigger tournament. Oh, yeah, we went to the Peace Jam in Atlanta, which anyone that plays AU knows the Peace Jam's one of the bigger bigger tournaments, and that probably had the biggest schools that I had seen playing in front of them. Um, and it was crazy because it was, like, all in the month of July because NCAA, like, all the live period tournaments are in July. So it was, like, you go fly out, you drive out, depending on, you know, how, long, how far it was, and you're there for four or five days playing in the tournament. And then we would come back home for like three days, and then we would fly out to Chicago. We were there for a week. We come back, and it was like nonstop for that, that month, and it was crazy. Um, but it was a good opportunity to see all these places, and you know, I probably wouldn't have gone somewhere like that if it wasn't for this. <laughs> um, you know, it was a little difficult transitioning with the team and all that kind of stuff. You know, just getting picked up random at a tournament. Yeah. But uh, you know, but I found my fit, and you know, I was more of a role player kind of guy, but. I was just blessed to, to have that opportunity, and you know, I wanted to do whatever I could to win. And we went to the uh, the Indianapolis was the Adidas Invitational. We finished top six there in the best bracket. We lost to a team from Canada who ended up like winning the whole thing. Um, but it was a good experience, you know, learning how to play with different guys. Off, you know, no practice time hardly. I was driving up to Nashville like twice a week for practice, um, and that was like it. Because this was a team, they picked you up, right? Like, he DM'd you on Twitter, or you DM'd him. So that was, that's actually the next summer. But this summer, oh, okay, okay. Them, and they're like, hey, come play with us. I got you, got you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was going into my junior year. And then my sophomore year at Grissom, I actually was ineligible because I transferred from another school. And Alabama High School has all these regulations and stuff. Uh, so I sat on my sophomore year, played my junior year at Grissom. Um, I was off the bench for that. I was backing up two guys. Uh, then I ended up going to play in college, both of them. Um, but that was, I mean, that was really my first taste of, like, high school basketball. You know, 7A in Alabama were the biggest division. Um, and we were coming off, my ineligible year, we were coming off a Elite Eight appearance, losing to the state champs, Mountain Brook and Birmingham, who um, Trent Wofford just declared for the draft today. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so it was, a, and I remember that first game back, bro, at a, we opened up at Grissom against Columbia High School one night. Uh, and the, the old Grissom, I love that gym, bro. It was packed, you know, both levels were full. And I yeah. remember, like, oh, my God, man, this is, like, everything I wanted, you know what I mean? Everything, sitting out eighth grade, sitting out tenth grade, kind of going way back. But, yeah, that was my first taste of, like, legit high school basketball. Um, and anyone that grew up in Huntsville and back in those days knows that basketball here was legit. Um, you know, between Josh Langford, Petty, Trent Watford, all these guys that played the highest level of basketball. Um, so, you know, that summer really prepared me, kind of, you know, learning how to play with different guys, you know, not not being the star, kind of how I was my freshman year, um, which helps kind of grow and mature. And physically, I matured a lot because I was going up against a 6'9 guy and a, and a 6'5 uh, Jock West Johnson, beast of a dude who was a grown man when he was 16 years old. 
uh, Jock was going really with guys that were in practice was not easy, um, and that kind of, you know, that kind of helped me. And I was always kind of the smaller guy in basketball because people look at me and they're like, "Oh man, you're huge," and I'm like, "Bro, I'm really not. Like, I'm <laughs> six, five, six, six. It's not that big." And I was playing at like a five. Yeah. So going up against these dudes like really prepared me and kind of I don't know it at the time, but a little bit prepared me for football in the future. Um, trying to you know learn how to use my body and building strength and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then, you know, those guys all graduated. We lost a lot of seniors from that team. Unfortunately, we lost in the first round of area to Huntsville High School, who we had smacked all regular season. So we didn't make the state, unfortunately, um, which made our senior year, you know, me and JJ and Pedram and and, uh, and a couple other guys were like, all right, we're not making that mistake again. You know what I mean? We're, we're going to make it to state this year and this and that. And basketball, again, was very competitive. Uh, and so my that summer going to my senior year, I was, again, playing with that Alabama Flash team. I don't remember exactly what happened with the Music City team. I just don't think I returned back with them. Yeah. But uh, but then we had some guys, you know, on, on this on this Flash team that we had some some troubles and guys not committing to stuff. And yeah. So, you know, you know Gibson is, a, is an Army veteran. The guy's like, I'm not putting up with this stuff. You know, if you guys don't want to play, we're not going to play. So I'm like, well, dang, man, now we're not going to any tournaments. Um, so initially I was like, all right, I'm just going to go pick a few schools I'm interested in and go to campus and visit, you know, go to their camps and stuff like that. Um, and that was my plan. I went to a school up in Pennsylvania, Lafayette. Um, and there was some other stuff I went up there. I went to, I visited, I forgot, stuff just comes to your mind. I visited Blair Academy where, you know, Chris went. Right, right. Uh, and I talked to, to the coach up there, but I chose not to do that. Um. But then I forgot about that. On Twitter, that you did that. Yeah, I know, right? It's like I was no, we were literally looking at it for real. Like, oh, dang, should I go to Blair and take a post grad year and this and that? Right, you know, right. Connections and whatnot, but but then um, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, so then on Twitter, just out of nowhere, and the summer's kind of coming to an end, and I'm kind of worried. I'm like, well, dang, man, I'm not going to any more tournaments. It's hard to schedule with college and stuff like that. And out of the blue, this coach hit me up on Twitter. It's like, hey, where you playing? And I hit him back. I'm like, I'm not playing anywhere. My team, like, they're not going to tournaments. And he's like, come play with us. And they were called Team Sack. But I went with Team Sack, and we went to, uh, I think, maybe one or two tournaments. And this is, like, the end of the summer, end of July, and it's, like, crunch time. You know what I mean? Most schools have already done the recruiting. Right. Um, and we were down in Atlanta at the Power 24, which we won with six guys on the team. So we had, like, no, we were literally playing every game, yeah. all game, right? So – and we won this tournament. And it was like one of my last games. I was playing against a kid, matched up defensively against this kid that was committed to UConn at the time. He was a big guy, but I mean, like I said, I was kind of used to playing against those bigger guys. And this, I'm telling you, was one of the last games. And uh, Danny Young, head coach of Montevallo, was sitting there um, and saw me play one of my last games. And, you know, mom and dad were there, and they remember seeing this old guy look at me and, like, looking interested in this and that. I don't even remember him being there, but... So, like, a couple weeks later, he, uh... Or not a couple weeks. Like, the next week, he calls mom's phone. I don't know how he got mom's phone. He calls mom's phone asking for me and, you know, whatever. We end up talking. I go down for a camp and a visit. Um, I do pretty good at the visit. And then, uh... They offered me... Uh... Well, I took a second visit, and then they offered me. What's up, Dante? That's my boy. Um... <laughs> So uh, we took another visit. They offered me, and it was a full ride, which was a really good deal. 
Um, I was blessed to be able to get a, a D2 scholarship that was, you know, they're not all full rides. Um, so, yeah, that's how I ended up at my at my first spot, Montevallo, and down there in Birmingham. I was there for three semesters. And and uh, through there, you so you went through the ankle injury. You had the first ankle injury while you were at Grissom, right? So the ankle stuff, I had uh, basically, I played my entire senior year on like a broken a broken foot, essentially. I <laughs> torn cartilage all on my ankle, and I had bone spurs. It was just a... It was a disaster, bro. Yeah. I mean, that kind of came from all the wear and tear of playing at Grissom. I mean, these huge dudes, I rolled my ankle probably, no joke, 40-something times. Um, but I knew uh, I knew it was going to kind of hinder my ability in my senior year. So I ended up signing with Montevallo in the early signing period in November before really, like it was like two or three games later after the first game I signed. Right. So I was basically signed my entire senior year. Um. But I'm like, man, I'm, I can't jump like I used to be able to jump. I can't move like I used to be able to move. But I'm like, hey, I, I signed my scholarship. I'm on a full ride. I'm going to finish the season out, and then we'll see what happens Right. with the, the doctors and stuff. So I went, did the whole thing. I ended up having to get a surgery in April right before I, I graduated high school. Um, I recovered all summer. You know, I was going to VSI down here in Huntsville with uh, Coach Johnson, on Johnson's dad. Uh, and Chris Cosby and a couple other guys, and I was bro, I was in that place religiously all summer, um, lifting, you know, individual workouts with basketball stuff, you know, strength and conditioning, speed and agility, all that kind of stuff. Right. Like every single day, all summer, I put in a lot of work, and we were opening up against uh, against Auburn. I remember that. Year, that was our first game, yeah. So yeah. I'm like, bro, when I got that, I remember. I won't forget. I was sitting in VSI, and I get this notification. I'm like, oh man, we're playing Auburn. It's our first game. I was pumped. And it kind of like motivated me that whole summer. I'm like, man, my brother goes there, this and that's gonna be sweet. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I rehab that whole summer, and I get down to Montevallo in the fall, and that was like, man, this stuff is no joke, bro. D two is crazy because in, in, in Division two with a semester clock, these guys are um, 25, 26 years old. To give you a quick little reference here, one of my the guy that took me on my visit in Montevallo, his name was Brian Orange. Bro, this guy was Derrick Rose's high school teammate at Simeon in Chicago. I remember that. This man, this man was like 27 years old playing college basketball, and I'm 18 years old, like 190 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> and I'm playing against these grown men, bro. Um, and I honestly, like, I thought I was ready, and I wasn't ready, especially physically and mentally. You know, it's like you can't expect, unless you're a freak athlete or some crazy skill, it's going to take some time. But, um, but it was, you know, it was unfortunate because I knew my ankle wasn't good. I, I was practicing, and I had still all the same pain. And, you know, I, I hadn't built any muscle back. My, my leg had atrophied a lot from the surgery, and I had no explosiveness and nothing. Um, and I went and talked to my coach. I'm like, Coach, I don't, you know, my ankle, like, I don't know if I can play. Yeah. Um, so we are like, all right, well, let's go see the doctors again see what happens. So this time we went to Birmingham, which is, you know, a really good hub for medical and all that kind of stuff. And we got the MRI again, and she literally took 10 minutes. She goes to see the MRI. She's like, you need surgery. And I'm like, it's like, what do you mean I need surgery? I just had surgery four months ago. I just rehabbed all summer. And she's like, no, you need surgery. You have torn cartilage in your ankle. And I'm like, well, dang, bro. So I'm like, all right, here we go again. I got surgery, like, the next week after we played Auburn. So I didn't even get to dress out against Auburn. I just sat there and watched. I got surgery the next week, and I was out from about November 8th to the end of March. 
is when I finally got cleared. So I literally missed the entire season. Uh, and I got up to like 230, which I know is not a lot right now anymore. But I was like 230 pounds, which was the heaviest I'd ever been. And it was mostly fat and it was just bad. I was really out of shape. And, you know, it was pretty depressing, to be honest with you, being there by myself. And uh, I wasn't going to class very much and wasn't playing. And you know, I basically spent an entire year in rehab between surgeries and recovering and then surgery again and recovering again. Right. Um, which I think, bro, kind of like had to do with my my loss of passion for the game because it's like, man, I don't want to keep doing this. I'm just ripping my ankle up and like, how do I know that this isn't just going to keep happening? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like people underestimate basketball, how physical it is, bro. That's a, it takes a toll on your body, dude, because you're on hardwood and I mean, you've been playing the game since you were a kid and it's not like, you know, to compare to football, football is physical as crap, but football, you play 12, 12 games a season, you know, you're doing a ton of strength conditioning, a ton of uh, injury prevention stuff. I mean, so much goes outside of the game where in basketball you're hooping all year bro it's, it's not stop all year, yeah every year from the time that you're eight years old you know what i mean even younger we played what we played five or six when we were in florida like five to, yeah five years old you know, 19 or 20 years old like the toll has been on your body has been insane so you know i started thinking about a lot about my life and like can i will my body hold up for a full college career like i'm not even close to the same player i used to be uh and then, you know, this is kind of where the football thoughts came in because I wanted to play in high school, but, you know, I didn't have time with AAU and all that stuff. And I was like, well, you know what? I still, I'm only three semesters in. Or actually, this was two semesters in because this was the summer before I went back from my last fall. Um, and I was like, I can go to a JUCO. You know, I still have that eligibility. I haven't played anything. Yeah. So, so I, kinda, I remember calling mom and dad. I'm like, uh, I'm thinking about playing football. And dad was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, why not? Like, it's my last chance. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm telling you, I don't think my ankle's going to hold up on hard. At least best case scenario or worst case scenario, football, I tape that thing up. You know, I'm on grass. Hopefully yeah. it'll be different. I don't even, I hadn't played football since I was like in the fourth grade. I don't even know what I was talking about. But but uh, I'm like, yeah, I want to do it. And he's like, all right, well, if you don't get a, a scholarship, you're coming home. Because I was on a full ride. And they're like, if you don't get a scholarship, you're coming home. So if you're going to, if you're okay and you can live with that, then go ahead. So. I was like, you know, I thought about this and that. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. If not, I'm going to regret it. Um, so I started up hitting Juco's up and all over the place. And, <laughs> and you know, Fernie and, and, and a whole set of our cousins mentioned Dodge City, Kansas. <laughs> Middle of so nowhere. Dodge, Dodge City, Kansas, man. I hit up Dodge City Community College out there in Kansas. And I said, I, I said, hey, I've never played football. I was a basketball player. Here's a horrible video of me working out shout out to you and Pedram for going out there and videoing that stuff that one summer yeah and this was before I went back to Montevallo um that, bro I still have the video up on my computer it is bad the video was just Pedram and me videoing you running the routes right you videoing it and Pedram was throwing it to me and I don't know what the hell my bad my battery came up no you're good I thought I was running routes I was not running routes. I don't know what the heck that was, but whatever. I sent it to Dusty. I'm like, hey, man, this is what I can offer you. I remember we even went, we even went to UFIT and we videoed me like lifting a little bit. I remember that, yeah. Uh, and at the time, I, bro, I couldn't even put 315 pounds on my back. I could squat it like one time, which is really bad, by the way, especially in football. Um, but yeah, man, and I sent him. He's like, yeah, come out in the spring. You know, go through the spring. They didn't offer me a scholarship because 
they'd be crazy too. So I walked on out there and I got a job working at a country club. I was working like 30 something hours a weekend. Um, so I had some money in my pocket and yeah, dude, I went through the spring and I really didn't start playing football until March, 2018. Cause that's where, that's when spring happened. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I went through the spring there in Dodge city. We had some really good players there. Um, especially on the defensive side of the ball, which again, I had no idea what the heck I was doing, but I'm guarding this dude. That's about to, he just signed with Tennessee and he ended up going to Ole Miss. But, uh, but yeah, we had like six or seven guys on defense go D1. Um, so here I am, like trying to run routes against these guys. And the routes wasn't, I, I got the routes. I picked it up kind of a little faster, but the blocking was just, even to this day, <laughs> blocking's not my specialty, especially if anyone knows, knows that, uh, or plays with me, they know that. Um, but, you know, it's been a good work in progress and it's come a long ways. But so I went out there that spring. I had nothing. I had like some looks from Troy, uh, the defensive coordinator. He was out there. And of course, the day he came, it was like freaking 30 mile an hour winds. We couldn't even run a five yard out. It was a disaster. And he was trying to video me, whatever. I had nothing at the end of the spring. So that summer, I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I got to get my name out. You know what I mean? I got to get some looks. Because you hadn't so, played, right? At, at Dodge City, you didn't, did you, you, you playing any games that season or no? I can't remember. I no. I make it to the season, which we'll get to, yeah, we'll get to in a second. Okay. Uh, so this is that summer. I was at Dodge City right before football season right so i'm like man i gotta get some looks so i went out i went to california um i went to university of florida troy university university of south florida i went to stay with you for i went to two camps in one week there that was fun um yeah and finally like that summer is when stuff started to pick up a little bit for me and bro i was literally like i probably emailed or dm'd like every single college coach out there like literally everyone i remember i i I, bro, I started like calling the athletic offices and i'm like can i talk to the coach and they're like oh yeah leave a message and i'm like they knew that i was never going to talk to the coach but they were just being nice right um but yeah bro and i'm like Dang, i gotta get some looks and i knew once i got that one that once i got one more would come in because i had i had fresno state i had uh at fresno state i had cal poly i had troy i remember I cal South poly was a big deal too that you were excited about at least. Yeah, I had, uh, I even talked to the coaches of Florida. I knew that was going to be a long shot, but I mean, at least I got the guys' attention, the tight ends coach there, Larry Scott. <clears throat> but, uh, but I'm like, all right, once I get one of these guys to pull the trigger, man, the rest of them will. Um, and it's crazy because what happened this one time is I was talking to South Florida and Troy were like my top two at, at one point. And, and, you know, Troy wanted me. I was an in-state guy, this and that. And the South Florida, Scott Spurrier, who was the, Steve Spurrier's son, he was the tight ends coach there at the time, mm-hmm. um, enjoyed working with me those two camps. And they, he actually was technically the first one that offered me. They offered me a PWO which for a walk-on. He's like, yeah, come in this fall, just leave Kansas. You know, we'll, we'll get you a scholarship in the spring. You know, Coach Charlie Strong, who was the coach at the time, he's pretty good of putting, you know, walk-ons on scholarships that are deserving of it with whatnot. But, I mean, we couldn't afford it. It was like $37,000 a year. Um but well, when they offered me that, I'm like, all right, let me go see what Troy's saying real quick. Just because I was, I was not gonna lie, I was kind of thinking about it. Should I just go like to a walk on? Should I walk on out of Alabama? What should I do? So I call, I call Troy up. I'm like, hey, and this is the way I worded it. I said, hey, uh, USF offered me a spot for this fall, and the guy immediately was like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 have you signed anything? And I was like, no. He's like, all right, hold on, I'm gonna go talk to Coach Brown. Uh, let's you know, don't don't sign anything yet. You know, let me go see what he let me see what he's got to say. Yeah. I was like, all right, bet. And of course, I 
go talk to dad, and I'm like, man. And in the back of my mind, I start, I start thinking, he probably thinks that I, I got a, an actual scholarship. And my dummy self, trying to be like trying to do the right thing, I text the guy back. I'm like, hey, um, I just want to clarify as a walk on, as a preferred walk on spot. It's not a scholarship. And the dude works. This is what he says: worst word. Oh, that changes everything. <laughs> and I was like. And I'm telling you, bro, this is the world of college football recruiting. This guy was literally about to go talk to his head coach to see if he could get me an offer because he thought I had an offer from South Florida. Right. And as soon as I said, no, it's a walk-on offer, he said, oh, that changes everything. And then he said, we can match you. We can match the exact same thing. He's like, yeah, you can come walk on here. It's going to be a lot cheaper. He even started sending me, like, the prices and stuff. And I'm like, and I'm like, damn, that's what you get in this world for doing the right thing. You get screwed. All right, so, you know, I said – we thought about it for a while, and that's when I was even weighing like Alabama. I'm like, man, should I just stay at home and? Love me in the comments. I was telling you this the other day, bro. Kids literally post fake offers on Twitter, and then they get they get real offers. Yeah. They say, oh, blessed to receive an offer from Cal, and then like the next day or a couple hours, they got another offer, and that one was a real offer, and then they just delete the old one, and then they get 20 more offers off the fake offer. I'm telling you, bro, it's messed up, but. Anyways, yeah, that's what I got for doing the right thing, and I got screwed or hosed, whatever. But then I come back home, and, you know, Dad was like, well, if you're going to walk on or this and that, like, go walk on Alabama and play for Nick Saban, this and that. And I'm like, oh, man, maybe I should. Like, it's cheaper, you know, get good experiences, this and that. Right. But, uh, you know, I thought about it for a long time. I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm going to go back to Dodge City. Like, something, something will show up that I don't have to pay for school. Right. Um, so I go back to Dodge City for the summer. And I find out that Tulsa is having this camp at the end of July. And I look it up. I'm like, oh, damn, Tulsa's, you know, five five hours from Dodge City. I might as well just hit this thing up. So I hit up the tight ends coach there. Uh, and I'm like, hey, you guys, allow Juco guys to come to your campus and that. I'm over here in Dodge City. I'll drive down. And he's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Come down. So I drive down to Tulsa. I wake up like at 5 a.m., drive down to Tulsa. Uh, and the camp was that afternoon. I think it's already like 1 or something. And I, and I go through the camp, you know, I, yeah, at this point I had been through like five camps. So it was kind of the same thing. I go yeah. through this camp. Um, it was crazy, bro. Cause they like seemed so excited about it. Like right after the camp, he's like, Hey man, come up here. And we like went up to his office and he like, dude was sweating. I mean, these guys want to know about coach Knight. He gets very excited. Um, and, and you know, he was sweating trying to get all this information down about me and my family. And he's like, hey, 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 hey. Uh, if we offer you, would you come here? And I'm like, hell yeah, come here. Like, I'm working, bro. I'm not on a scholarship. This is an FBS stipend. I get all that stuff. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll come. Right. He's like, he's like okay, okay, okay. He's like, well, we're going to see what we can do. Man, it took these dudes two hours. Or not two hours, two weeks. Two weeks to find me an offer. Which, you know, I don't want to say too much whether or not that was true. If it really takes them two weeks to figure out how they got an offer. Um, but what happened was this was the last day until classes started at Dodge City. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's been two weeks. Oh, yeah, we're trying to figure there's – there's one person that can evaluate Juco transcripts here if she's out of the office and this and that. So, so you're sitting in August yeah. now, right? Bro, this is like, yes, this is yeah. August. They were in fall camp. Tulsa was in fall camp, but the, the schedule for D1 and JUCO is a little different, so JUCO starts later. They were literally in camp during all this. Um, and then finally, I'm telling you, the last day before, yeah, if I start the next day, I can't transfer until the end of the semester because I'm enrolled in classes. Right. And this guy texted me one morning. He's like, hey, give me a call. 
Uh, so I called him. He was, they were just getting out of morning practice. He's like, he's like, yeah, go ahead and pack up your stuff. You know, you're going to be a golden hurricane. And, you know, at the time, bro, I was so happy. And I was like, dang, man. I remember. Yeah, I was like, this is it. Finally, uh, I got the one. You know, I'm going to be getting full ride, you know, paid, all that stuff. Um, and if you spent eight months in Dodge City, Kansas, you would be very excited, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So yeah, I man, I literally packed up my stuff. I had like a weekend between before I had a report. So I drove home to you know here to Huntsville. I chilled for a couple a couple days, and then I ended up driving back to Tulsa, and I moved in. And um, classes started on Monday. I didn't move in until Saturday night, so I missed off fall camp. Um, moved in and immediately, you know, practice started that week, uh, and I got thrown into the fire, not knowing what the hell I was doing. Um, <laughs> I was like, man, I'm just going to take this thing one day at a time. Uh, so, yeah, I, I went through the fall there. Initially, I wasn't eligible because I 424 transfers. Basically, I wasn't at my JUCO for a year, so I wasn't uh, eligible to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just practicing. You know, they threw me on scout team. I was playing receiver. They were like, we don't want you to create any bad habits and tight ends, so go play receiver, and we'll get to you in the spring. Uh, so I played receiver for, you know, a year on scout team, which was fun. Um, and then uh, that was my first year that was the last season and I went through the spring conditioning all the winter workouts until practice started in the spring and then a few practices in I got I got a concussion um, it was pretty pretty rough concussion uh, I was out for like eight weeks um, I was getting vestibular therapy three days a week I had to take an incomplete in the class I mean I couldn't see anything half the time my head was pounding um, and then a lot of political stuff happened, you know, in the world of college football, which I don't know how much of that you want to dive into. Uh, yeah. In the world of uh, sports yeah. in general, I think there's a lot of political things, but we won't get into that. Yeah, I mean, especially in football, there's just a lot of pressure, especially with concussions and, you know, whether or not you have them and this and that. It's you know, People start questioning things, you know, teammates are questioning you, why aren't you at workouts? Right. Coaches are questioning you, saying, you know, why aren't you doing what you're supposed to do? Or what you came here for, and you know, in the middle of that, you're trying to handle, handle your academics, and you're getting bad grades that you normally don't get, and then coaches start blaming your academic ability, whether it's your concussion or what. A whole can of worms up. opens up, and that's kind of like when my mindset changed. Like, man, this is this even like was this the right place for me? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but you know, I ended up getting through the concussion. Went back last summer. Got back really strong. Was in probably the best shape. Uh, after two two years in the weight room there, um, and then you know last fall, you know didn't go how I wanted. I got put back on scout team this time at tight end. Um, you know it was discouraging at the time, and I was pretty frustrated because I wasn't traveling. I was you know doing the dirty work four days a week, like yeah. taking 40, 50 hits a day. I mean, full speed, too, because scout team offense, you're going, up, you're going up against defense, and the defense doesn't care that it's practice. Defense is trying to you know, knock these scouts. It was literally me at 21 years old with a bunch of 18-year-olds. Yeah. Minus my quarterback, who was the Oklahoma, Oklahoma State Player of the Year, BMAR. So, Shout uh, out. But, yeah, man, it took, and it took me a while for my attitude to adjust because it was like, man, I worked my ass off all offseason to get to where I got. Like, I, I was the strongest I had ever been. I, too, I was taking it so seriously. I was doing everything right, you know what I mean? Like, 
asking what I can be doing better, getting all that extra work in the weight room. I was going and lifting in by myself, you know, auxiliary lifts on top of the, the, the development lifts, which is another part of it. Development, I was lifting every day at 5 a.m. with freshmen, um, which, which was good for me because I needed extra work, uh, but was kind of discouraging because it's like, bro, I'm with a bunch of 18-year-olds that they don't care right now. You know, a lot of them are walk-ons. A lot of them are 18 years old. They just got the college. They're having the time. You know, they don't know how to act. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. Um, Your maturity level is at a different level. Like, at that I point. Was, especially in the weight room. Like, I was took it pretty seriously. So it was frustrating because it was like, man, this is what I get for doing, you know, everything I'm, I'm trying to do. And, you know, for a while, I was not going to lie. I was slacking off in practice. I'm like, bro, like, fool, if you just want me to go do all this stuff, then all right, I'm just going to be out there, but I'm not going to try. Right. Uh, and I had a bad attitude for a while, and I was just, like, questioning a lot of stuff. Um, and, like, even my roommate and other people would be like, dang, is J-Rod all right? Like, dude is depressed all the time. He doesn't talk to anybody. He just sits in his room. And I was sure for a while. I was like, I don't even want to be here, bro. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. There was two weeks that I was literally considering leaving college mm-hmm. and not getting a degree. Like, I was going to come home and work construction. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I thought about it for a while, and then, I don't know what I don't know exactly what happened. You know where my mindset changed, uh, but I was like, you know, screw it, man. You know what? I'm pissed. I told Bmar, I was like, damn, bro, we're out here. We might as well have some fun. You know what I mean? Uh, and so that's kind of we flipped the switch for a little bit, and we're like, all right, let's try to do this thing for real. Um, and at this point, I'm like, man, they're not gonna travel me. You know what I mean? Like, they're not gonna like I'm here. I'm on scout team, Mark. So we just started having fun with it, and uh, you know started making plays and stuff like that and you know I was still learning a lot especially in my in the block and run game stuff but uh you know receiving wise was, I was doing pretty well um and we had we had a really good defense our past defense was like top 10 the year before and um we had some some good dudes on there so it was a good experience for me and once I kind of flipped that switch and and uh <laughs> and uh and take it more seriously I, you know I kind of started seeing it translate on the field right and, and that's when I was like you know what man I'm not going to get film. I don't have film. At least in Dodge City, I had spring film. What's up, Zell? At least, at least in, uh, at least in Dodge City, I had spring film. I got no film. So I, this is what I had to do. I literally, I started, I had to get a defensive player's iPad so I could watch the scout O practice. So, and one of my, one of my friends took me up with his iPad. So I had his iPad and then I had my iPad because I couldn't even access the, the practice on my iPad because I could only see scout D. Mm-hmm. And I, on my iPad, I would film his iPad. I had to, like, press play and stop while I was filming. And then I, like, filmed the play. And I had to, like, pause it and then pause it on my iPad. And then I had to like, go through and edit all of it and uh, and then figure out a way to, you know, put it all together and mesh it together or whatnot. And, uh, and then that was my film. <laughs> I don't have film because I'm like, I, I can't you couldn't access it, yeah. Well, yeah, at that point, I knew I was transferring, bro, like, I knew I was transferring like week three. Like I'm not staying here, you know what I mean? Right. Because uh, I want to play football. So, uh, so yeah, bro, that was my film, like scout team film, and I ended up getting like eight, eight offers off of it. All Division two. Yeah. Well, I should not take it back. I got a couple of Division one FCS schools, um, but you know, at that time, I kind of like I want to play D two right now, anyways, because if I'm gonna go to graduate school and. I can play two years there, and, and uh, Dante wants some credit, bro. 
Dante's all over it, bro. Hey, hold, Jordan, hold on, hold on, hold on. Keep hold your train of thought real quick. Dante, why are you acting like that, bro? What are you doing, man? I gotta get a charger. Bro, my phone might die. Yeah, my phone might die too. So I need Damn, to put. It. See, this time goes by pretty fast. I told you that you were gonna go by faster than you thought. Um. All right, unplugged in. Hopefully that gives me some juice. I don't know if it's giving me juice or not. Eight percent. All right, I got eight percent. Oh, we're charging. Okay. You there? All right, we're straight. Sorry, guys. Um, keep going. You were talking about editing so, yeah, your film man, and, and all film. that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it worked out well, and I just put on, started putting it on Twitter, and I did the whole process over again, hitting up all these coaches. Um, I was basically on my own to market myself again. Uh, so, yeah. I won't do the same thing, getting up anyone and anyone saying, hey, I, and at, at that point, like, I, I, yeah, I had been like a D1 football player for two years, but like, I really wasn't a D1 football player because I took a couple special teams plays and that was about it. Like, I had never taken an offensive snap in a game. Uh, so, like, I was trying to market myself as a D1 bounce back. That really didn't play too much D1, you know what I mean? Right. So, like, I had it going for me where, oh, this guy's bouncing back from Tulsa, but he doesn't have any game film. So, all my film was scout team film, which, I mean, I don't know if every coach knew that, that it was all scout team film. I had some spray, I had some, uh, some scrimmage clips in there too, but uh, but yeah, man. And I mean, it was good enough, I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I think the biggest thing with your story, and I mean, obviously, you know, we're talking right now as it is, but obviously, you still got other things to do and and things to accomplish and whatnot. But I think the biggest thing with you that I think I don't know how much, and, and you touched on obviously in your story, but I don't think a lot of people realize how much change and like transitions and adjustments that you went through like literally since the eighth grade where you sat out at Randolph one year, you sat out at Grissom one year, you went through injuries like two years, then you had to sit out in football as well with like, you know, all the transfer stuff. You went from one state to the other state, changed sports in the middle of college. I mean, I don't think a lot of people do that. And, you know, obviously us as your family, like we saw it and I know some of your close friends saw it and your teammates obviously saw it, but I think, you know, that speaks a lot to where you've gotten to and, and it's going to take you to other places than where you're at right now. But, um, you know, I don't think everybody has that unique story that you do where, where you've made all these changes and adjustments and and excelled at it, you know. So I just thought it'd be cool to run through your story and, and let people know that. Um, yeah. And, and the last thing I guess that we can like touch on real quick. Um, I know we kind of went over time, but I guess people are still hanging out here with us. So we'll talk for a couple more minutes. Um, but I know for you too, like being away from home was just tough. And, and obviously as an 18 year old leaving, like that's not easy, but you went to cities where you didn't know anybody. You went to universities where you didn't know anybody. Um, I don't know. Is there anything you want to mention on that and kind of like the difficulties and and some of the challenges you, you went through doing that? I mean, yeah, bro, like, I mean, I traveled a little bit 
AAU, but like with AAU, you always knew you were going back home. You know what I mean? At, right. At the end of the week or a couple of weeks or at the end of the summer, like you know you're going to go back home. And I think, I mean, a lot of people, especially athletes, I don't see, I think you see more athletes that got to leave home, um, go to another state, you know, go to a school that's uh, that's not near home. You know, luckily there are some athletes that get blessed because they stay at home and, and have that experience. But, you know, and I think that, it's kind of scary a little bit, but at the same time, like everyone, everyone uh, kind of is going through it at the same time. You know what I mean? For me, the only place that was different is like I never had a, I never had like a cohort that I was with from the beginning. You know what I mean? Like right. when I got to Montevallo, uh, there were two other freshmen that came in with me. Um, you know, unfortunately, one of them, one of them passed away um, my second year right before I left. Um, and then the other one ended up transferring after I did. Uh, but, like, when I got to Dodge City, like, dudes got to Dodge City together, and they were there the whole time, you know what I mean? I got there out of the blue one summer, and I left eight months later. And when I got to Tulsa, there had been dudes that had been there together since, you know, freshman year. You get your transfer every now and then, but, you know, it was just not as common. And then on top of that, when you're a kid, when you're a dude that's literally never played football before, and, and guys know that, like, Especially at the D one level, like dudes aren't just handing out respect, you know, for free. Right. Uh, and you know that was kind of difficult. Like, you know, I've never been the guy that opens my mouth. I've never been that kind of guy. I've always kind of kept my head low. But, uh, but it's still like difficult. Like, and especially like knowing that these guys they don't give a shit that you never played football. Like, they don't have any respect for you. Right. I mean, yeah, you guys are at the same spot, but at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter because in their mind, you're some basketball player. You know. You're, you're you're weak or you're not tough or you don't want to take hits or you don't like to get hit or all you want to do is go catch balls, you know what I mean? It's, and there's already a stigma with tight ends that they don't want to catch. I mean, that they don't want to block. So on top of that, you act a guy that literally hasn't played football and, you know, it's a recipe for disaster. But, I mean, so, yeah, it's 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 been a lot of putting myself in uncomfortable situations and, and you know, figuring out how to, how to, you know, grow from it. And it really hasn't been as much athletically. Like, I, I didn't achieve – you know, the things athletically that I wanted to achieve, you know, I had dreams of playing college basketball since I was a little boy, and I mean, yeah, I played college basketball, but I didn't really play college basketball, you know what I mean? I wanted to be a Division One basketball player, and when I realized I'm never going to be a Division One basketball player, I said, all right, well, maybe I can be a Division One football player, and while I achieved, yeah, I was a Division One football player, like, athletically, I didn't achieve everything I wanted to achieve, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't really see the field, you know, I never got to, I, I never, I've never known what scoring a touchdown feels like, like, I've never known what it's like to run out on the field and it, it matter, you know, knowing yeah. that you're going to impact the game. Like, I don't know what that's like. Um, and for an athlete that, you know, busts their ass their whole life and, you know, does all this work to not get that and reap those rewards is, you know, not the easiest thing to, you know, accept at the end of the day. But it's like, man, you know, this ball stuff is cool. Like, I've been chasing a ball my whole life and there's so many other people out there chasing ball and I don't discourage that at all, man. Like, like, go chase your stuff, you know what I mean? Right, right. If you want to go play football, go play football. If you want to be a basketball player, go play basketball. If you want to play tennis, go play tennis, you know what I mean? If you want to go to Pedro, if you want to go to medical school, go to medical school, you know what I mean? Like, you can do it, bro, but... What up, Pedro? And, and that's the thing, like, like you're not going to know how it's going to end up until you do it. Right. And my biggest thing, when I was sitting there in Montevallo, I'm like, man, if I don't go play football now, I'm going to regret not trying for the rest of my life. I already had regretted not playing in high school. 
if I don't go play right now, I'm going to regret this for the, the rest of my life. And, like, you know, the whole road less travel thing sounds kind of cliche, but, like, at the end of the day, yeah, man, there aren't too many people that are just waking up one day and saying, yeah, I'm going to leave a full ride and go play football, like, in the middle of the Midwest. Like, who does that? No, no, I'm not trying to, like, I'm not trying to, like, toot my own horn, but, like, the point no, of yeah. the like, don't be afraid to try new things, you know what I mean? And, like, and like, there's so many people that don't want to take risks and that want to be comfortable and, you know, if that's you, then and then do you. But I'd rather, I'd rather know that I tried, you know what I mean? And it didn't end up how I wanted it to end up. But hey, 20 years from now, I'm not gonna wonder. Well, damn, what would have happened if I would have left Montevallo like I wanted to? Like, would right. I have played D1 ball? Would I have gotten, you know, get on scholarship? You know, and I didn't do a lot on the field, and you know, that's 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 another story, another conversation. But at the end of the day, I and I did set out. Or I did achieve what I initially set out to do. And that's, I think, what I got to take away moving forward and what a lot of people can take away is, like, you know, it may not be about the goal that you actually had in mind. Like, there might be more stuff that you learn along the way that's going to be way more valuable than, you know, what you initially thought you were going to be. And, I mean, when you're 18, you're thinking that you're going to, you know, capture the world. And I'm not saying that you can't do that, but... Every 18-year-old thinks that, though. Like, like, don't be scared to try, bro. Like, go do it. You got one life, you know what I mean? And look, looking back, like, all right, yeah, I didn't play, but at the end of the day, I'm 22 years old now. I got, you know, Lord willing, the rest of my life. <laughs> like, I'm not going to look back and, and regret saying, bro, I didn't even try. Like, like yeah. try, man. You know what I mean? Like, give it a shot. And if you fail, you might fail in one way, but another way you succeed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I'm trying to, like, bring quotes over here, but. But you're, just, little, you're, like, dro- you're, coming out, but, you're dropping dimes right now. Bro, it's just been a long, it's been a long four years. <laughs> no, it's been a long eight years. No, I mean, I think, I think you're gonna. At the end of the day, like you're saying, you've done what you wanted to do, and you're gonna be able to hang your hat when your, you know, when your college athletic career comes to an end. I don't. I think what's great about you is that you are gonna be able to to walk away from it and whether you know whatever your journey takes you to post this you know you're going to be able to hang your hat and be like you know i did what i could do and, and i put it all out there and you know you you hear of athletes that they walk away you know professional athletes and you hear kobe bryant talking about then his career that he was able to walk away from it Dwayne wade able to walk away from it and i think that those are all you know examples of people obviously they did it at a much higher level you know being as great as they were but i think they're athletes that have done all they can do and so they're comfortable and you know satisfied walking away and i think that you know like you explained in your story you're gonna have that level of comfortability so yeah bro and like you know you there's things that you learn along the way or like you never know like one quick story that i wanted to say um like when i was in tulsa you can, you can go visit schools and stuff like that with this reading and all these you know trying to promote physical activity and all that kind of stuff uh, and we went to this one school. Uh, it was like a how do you call it? It was like one of the. It was like a less privileged school, basically. Um, and I was picked to go because my last name is Rodriguez, and I can speak Spanish. Um, so I went, and bro, and there were so many like Latino kids that they found out. First of all, well, you don't look at me. You don't think I'm Hispanic right away, but once they found out I was Hispanic and they were Hispanic. And they saw me, and they're like, oh, this guy's a football player. Like, bro, I'm not going to lie. There's not a lot of Hispanic uh, athletes outside of baseball or maybe right. some more international sports. I mean, you're not seeing too many 
you know, Hispanic basketball players or football players. So, like, to have an opportunity where, man, those kids didn't care that I didn't touch the field. They don't even know that I never played. But, like, I got to go to a school, and these seven- and eight- and nine-year-olds are looking at this, you know, kid that a lot of them have got the same last name. Uh, and, you know, playing college football and wearing Tulsa, you know, these kids growing up in Tulsa, so they're saying Tulsa on the chest. Like, yeah. there's, there's opportunities that that you wouldn't get otherwise. And at the end of the day, man, it's not about the ball, bro. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, it teaches you a lot, but there's so much more to it than that, especially moving forward. And, like, that's the big thing as athletes. Like, it's going to end for everybody. You know what I mean? Right. And being able to apply what you've learned and being able to impact other people and, you know, having a positive effect on other people, I think that's what's most important. And that's the thing why I think, like, along the way, like, I never got into it with anyone at Tulsa. Like, man, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you about who's played football longer or what can I not do or anything like that. Like, man, at the end of the day, we're here. We're at the same place. You know, we're teammates. It's not about button heads with people. And, and it's not about – my point is it's not about the ball, man. Like, there's yeah. so much more to it. You – we've all, I think, and, and obviously you to a higher degree have learned that – Obviously, my athletic career ended a lot earlier than yours did, but the piece I walked away with was everything that it taught me. And I think you're starting to realize that that that's what it's about and that, you know, post-football, post-basketball, post-all this, you're going to have walked away with so many lessons. Bro, you got your boys have been sitting in this chat for this whole hour. You're going to have guys and, and teammates and friends that, you know, those relationships... You don't know if those are people you later go into business with. You don't know if those are people that later are your, you know, your groomsmen in your wedding. I mean, those, that's what I think it's about. Um, and I know you and I can get passionate about that, so I won't go on a rant. But um, nonetheless, I think you're right. You, you got a lot of other things that you've gotten to do and opportunities that have come up. And like I said, people you've impacted and stuff you've, you've been able to do. So. Yes, sir, man. Boost on the ground. <laughs> Um, well, I think that's it, bro. We've gone, we've gone almost an hour here. We originally had said 30 to 35 minutes. So, um, I guess to, you didn't lie. I, dude, I told you that you guys, every, everyone listening, Jordan was concerned that he wasn't going to have enough to talk about for 30 minutes. And I told him that he was going to run out of time before he knew it. So, um, well, I guess to wrap it up, to officially wrap it up, um, I guess, what, what do you want to leave it with? What's, what's next for you? I know there are certain things you don't want to talk about yet or bring up because, you know, there's stuff you're working on. But as far as where you're at right now in the midst of the virus, I mean, obviously, we're all getting affected by all this. You know, what, what's next for Jordan? Control what you can control, man. I'm going to control the best I can with that. I don't even know what's going to happen right now. I mean, this yeah. virus thing is... I never expected it to get like this, but uh, yeah, man, control what you control. See, try to open up as many doors as you can, and at the end of the day, do whatever's gonna make you happy, whatever you want to do, man. Don't let anyone's your idea of what anyone else is gonna think, or you know, the risk or the chance or any of that stuff, man. Just go do it and make the right decisions, and you know, make educated decisions. But if you want to do something, go do it. Jim. But I think everyone in here got their the motivational speech for the night. I'm fired up. I could go another hour right now, but we're not going to do that. Bro, I'm glad. I appreciate them staying on. I didn't think we were going to stay on for about yeah. 50 minutes. Yeah, yo, shout out to everybody that has actually, you've had steady viewership. People love you. So, shout I out like to- the I've been reading the comments the whole time. Yeah, I've been reading the comments as we go. I just try not to laugh at them too much. No, if, I, if I say something, if I say 
say something every time I every comment I see you, we would never say anything. So yeah. No, um, but no, I want to thank you, bro. I know that the the you and I are are in separate states and all that, and it sucks, bro. Like you, you and I, we don't even get to see each other that much, and same with Weiss. And I know Weiss is watching a second ago, so I'll throw him in the boat. But um, it's cool to be able to do something like this, and it, it was cool for me to be able to bring you on the podcast. You were the first Instagram live, so you know you got to be the first one to do that. Um, and we'll do another one. This won't be the the Rodriguez family will all have their their time on the podcast. So you got your first rep right now, but we'll have to do something later in the future where we can sit down in person and and kind of make a huh. I'm gonna come down to Florida. You come down to Florida, bro. We'll make it happen. All right, my brother. All right, bro. Well, hey, shout out to everyone that tuned in. Um, Jordan, I already told Jordan he'll be on the podcast. So if you guys are joining like here towards the end and you didn't hear the whole conversation with him, we're going to hopefully turn this into the podcast and we'll put it out as an episode so you guys can listen on like Apple, Spotify, all that sort of stuff. Um, And yeah, we'll be back tomorrow night. We're doing another episode tomorrow night at eight o'clock. So you guys enjoyed it. They might not be as cool as Jordan, but um, you guys can come through and check it out. Oh my God. All right, people. Good job, bro. Stay safe. All right, bye. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating if you've enjoyed this. You can find out more about Lodges by searching on Instagram at Lodges underscore financial, on Twitter at Lodges, on eFuse at Lodges, and on LinkedIn by searching for my name, Juan Rodriguez, J-U-A-N. Following on socials is the best way to be kept up to date with podcast updates and information. Thanks, and you were just listening to The Lodges Podcast.